Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Sixers fans, we're checking in with you with our weekly show. He is Mr. Paul Hudrick. I'm Jazz Kang. The Sixers back in action tonight. Pretty big game when you look at the standings hosting the Chicago Bulls. Mr. Paul Hudrick, are we going to talk about what happened in Miami on Saturday? We're just going to act like that. Didn't, we're just going to move on from that. I think we can just gloss over that. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that was a schedule loss. They happen. No James Harden, too. The fact that they even hung in the game was pretty surprising but to me. Uh, third quarter, I actually thought they had a chance, but then you saw the fourth quarter, I and mean, they were just their legs were dead. They had they had nothing. Joel Embiid, I mean, you know, he was trying out there, but you could tell even like they they just they and like even a guy like Tyrese Max, he got off. To, he had a really hot stretch, and then just really tapered off. Like if a twenty one year old is kind of getting tired legs out there, you know it's rough. So yeah, I, I don't think you can take much at all from Saturday night's game. Well, Paul, can I ask you this? Because I thought this before the game, and I and I looked at it and I said, okay, our Harden, obviously the number one objective is keeping him fully healthy come time for mid-April because the Sixers are a championship contender, and that's where their focus is. When you heard that he wasn't going to play, and I understand the, the load management, and I think we might see Joel get a rest in, on Sunday in Orlando. We'll, we'll see what happens there um, over the weekend. But when you're looking at this, was that some sort of indication to you? Because I kind of looked at it like this. And again, I'm not saying it's a fact, but I kind of looked at it like this and said, maybe the Sixers don't really care where they end up in the standings. Get in, get healthy, and let's let's focus on doing that. Because that was a big game against Miami. You know, looking at the time, what it meant in the standings, they could have got it to uh, within a game. And now you're sitting at three games back. So did you take anything from that at all? Or were you just like, hey, this is just for them to route and then get help? Yeah, I, I mean, clearly... If you don't have a healthy James Harden, it doesn't matter where you're seated. So from that standpoint, I think 100%, I totally get it there. And yet, like some of the other things you touched on, I mean, sure, like if you would have beaten Miami, it would have helped you in the standings. But if you look, uh, like you said, they're three back of Miami right now. And if you look at both teams' schedules, like Miami's got a cupcake schedule the rest of the way. So I I, per, I think Miami finishes with the one seed just be, just because of that. I mean, they are a good team. Don't get me wrong. Um, they will rightfully earn the one seed. But I just think when you look at their schedule compared to um, the Sixers, even the Bucks and the Bulls, um, the Cavs, like, oh, and then, you know, the Cavs just got Jared Allen is now out and definitely like all those other teams. I think the, the, everything's setting up really nicely for the heat to be the one seed. So I think chasing them is not worth it. Now I will say this. I don't think you want to end up the four. Because, you know, I, I don't think you want to play that four or five matchup because it's probably going to be a really tough one. You, you'd much prefer to land in one of those top three seeds. But with that said, I think they're actually in a really good position to do that. I, I don't see them finishing any worse than third. I, I think that's where they wind up because, you know, it, once you get into the four or five, like then you might be talking about Boston, who I don't think anyone wants to play the Boston Celtics right now with the way they look. Uh, you know, some of the other uh, teams, you know, it, if you wanted the three, you're probably looking at maybe Cleveland. And with all due respect to the Cavaliers, I think the Sixers have proven they are a better team and they are a more experienced team, a more veteran team. So 
I would like the Sixers more in that matchup, you know, more so than some others. But when you look at, you know, again, the, the Bucks schedule, really brutal down the stretch. The Bulls schedule, really brutal down the stretch. So the Sixers should be, uh, their schedule's not, not it's kind of middle ground. You know, it's, it's not quite as difficult as those other two teams, but it's not quite as easy as Miami's. It's kind of, it, it's, it's, a, it's a decently tough schedule. So I think, again, no worse than third. I, I think they wind up second. I, I think it's the Heat first, the Sixers second. And I like Milwaukee, I think, as the three seed. I think that's where it kind of winds up. But to me, the priority is clearly get James Harden, get Joel Embiid into the playoffs at as close to 100% as humanly possible. That's the priority. If that means you're the four seed, but you get those two guys 100% healthy, you'll take the trade off. But of course, you'd prefer, I think, to be in that top three. Yeah, and looking at it, uh, this is the NBA remaining strength of schedule according to Tankathon. Milwaukee with the fourth hardest, Boston with the seventh hardest, the Sixers, as you mentioned, right in the middle of the pack at 15th, and Miami way down at number 24. Also, the Heat playing 15 of their final, or uh, pardon me, what is it right now? They got 15, 17 games left, 12 of them are, are going to be at home. So you're looking at, at that. Yeah, that, that team likely locking itself into the one seed. When you're looking at this, though, Paul, I mean, you mentioned Boston has been looking great. Jason Tatum put on a show yesterday against Brooklyn. You're looking around at, at that. Is it important, do you think, like for, for the Sixers to try and avoid? Because, again, looking at this, we know how good they're, they are when they're, when they're at full strength. We've seen what James Harden's impact has been, especially on the offensive end. Looking at this team, they're only two and a half games above sixth. Realistically, a really low chance that they're going to fall out of the into a play-in spot. They're five and a half up on, on Toronto. But when you're looking at, at this from the Sixers' perspective, like avoiding that, how important is it? You, I know you touched on that there when you just answered that, but how important is it that you try and stay as one of those top two seeds, just given how good the Eastern Conference is and given the fact that, let's be realistic, if you're playing in a game seven, didn't work last year, but you do want it to be at home. Right, and I, I, I still think the three, the top three seeds is what's important because I think the way Boston has played, they will, they're going to be a top five. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I can't see them stick, you know, I think, I honestly don't know where they are at this moment. I think they're like fifth right now, right? Like, I, I don't see them falling any farther back than that. Again, I expect Milwaukee to rise, and I expect Chicago and Cleveland to fall a little bit. I just think that's, you know, and that's no disrespect to those two teams who have played really good basketball. I just happen to think that, you know, Boston has separated themselves. And I think Milwaukee, you know, as, as the defending champions have proven, they, they could, they're going to win some of these games down the stretch. They have an MVP con- candidate themselves in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I, I, I just, I, I think Boston will get into that conversation. So when, if you get into the top three seeds, you're looking at, you know, one of likely Cleveland, uh, you mentioned Toronto um, and then, you know, all those teams in the play-in, whether it's Atlanta, Charlotte, um, you know, a- any of those teams, which again, as you talked about the Eastern conference is stacked. So there's nothing easy. So even if the Sixers get a matchup that I think they can and should win, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Like if they have to play the Charlotte Hornets, that's not, that's not like a sweep. Like that's going to be a tough series. You're going to have to contain LaMelo ball um, and, and, you know, play really good against that team to win four games to advance. Um, same with, an Atlanta team that you know is really Jekyll and Hyde, but you get a couple, you know, you get a couple heaters from Trey Young, and that could make a series very interesting. Um, and Toronto as well. Toronto, their only issue is depth. Uh, as you get closer to the playoffs, depth it matters, but it matters less and less because you're playing your starters big time minutes. So, you know, Toronto's no joke. They're not a team that I, I especially want to play either. But um, I think you got to 
you're going to have to beat all these teams anyway, right? Like you're going to have to beat mm-hmm. these teams if you want to win a championship. So I think that's kind of the mentality the Sixers have to have for us sitting here having this conversation. Um, I, I think they'd be very safe in a top three. I think I'd feel comfortable them beating anyone six or below. You didn't mention one team, the Brooklyn Nets struggling. Brooklyn Nets, right? right? It's so I, weird, but it's, it it's only because it's so weird that they're there. So I keep like, it's just, but yeah, I, I mean, listen, you don't want to put the Brooklyn Nets either. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. It, it's, it's a really odd situation. Um, Kyrie Irving has been good, but I, I don't think he's been great since he came back. I don't know if he's going to, have enough time to ramp it up and kind of recapture, you know, you know, he's still in his prime. He's still a great player. And again, he could still have that heater. He could still go for a 50 point game at any time. So he's dangerous, but yeah, I, I, I still think the Sixers in a seven game series, that's a team they should beat. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't out of the other teams I've mentioned. Yeah, clearly I would prefer to play one of those over the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets just because of how dangerous KD and Kyrie can be. Um, and Ben Simmons defensively has done very, very well against James Harden in the past. So I don't love that matchup either, but yeah, I, I mean, again, you got to beat them all, right? Like you got to beat all of these teams if you want to get to where you want to go. So I think that's the mentality the Sixers will have. Yeah. And it used to be, you know, looking at, if you look historically, especially over the last 15, 20 years, the first round of the Eastern conference playoffs typically has been a cupcake for the top four seeds, you know, top three, at least, you know, we were like, okay, it's going to be a sweep. It's going to be a five game series win. Now you're looking at it like, yeah, there are no easy outs. And you mentioned Toronto. Like I said, OG Ananubi should be coming back soon. They're going to get some depth there. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, Atlanta Hawks. Sure, don't scare you as much as a Milwaukee, uh, Boston, a Miami. But there's, there they, they, yeah, those aren't pushovers they, by any means. They scare you a lot more than the Washington Wizards scared the Sixers last year in the first round, where the only reason they won a game is because Joel B didn't play. Yeah. Um, like, that. that's it. So, like, I, I, I it, it's, it's going to be a significantly more difficult matchup than last year. Cause the Eastern conference just is, it, it is better than it has been in a really long time. Yeah. And having to go through, let's just say, for example, like you mentioned, if they take on Brooklyn in round one, then you're taking on a Milwaukee in round two, potentially Miami. And you know, that's a, that's a murderer's row of a schedule. So right. it is not but that's every team, easy. right? Like it's every, every team, team's yeah. got to go. Like that's, that means the Miami Heat have to beat the Sixers and James Harden and Joel and B like it, whoever comes out of the East will have earned it because it's going to be a difficult road for every single team that comes out. And when you're, when you're Paul, when you're looking around the, the rest of the NBA and you mentioned that, and like you said, it doesn't matter if you're Philly, Miami, Milwaukee, it doesn't matter. Boston, you're going to have to go through a very, very, very challenging uh, schedule going through the playoffs, taking on those teams, potentially playing 21 games. And just to get to the finals, if you go through, you know, three times, you're going to game seven. But when you're looking around the rest of the NBA, let's, let's talk about this a little bit as well. We, you mentioned Brooklyn. If they do, I mean, Ben Simmons not looking like he's coming back this week. Of course, the Nets playing in Philly on Thursday. I think we all assumed from the start that he's probably not going to be suiting up for that one. And it's obviously trending that way, looking almost 100% guaranteed that he's not going to be playing on Thursday. But when you look at that as a potential matchup, what the, the, you mentioned this too. The Sixers should win. And I agree with you. The Sixers still should beat a fully loaded Brooklyn team with that roster. What scares you the most about potentially playing the Nets? Because if you look at this, the Nets right now, not currently holding one of the top eight seeds are sitting at number nine. They're all tied, by the way, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Atlanta. That's just tiebreakers and semantics that they're basically Charlotte's got the eight seed right now. Again, I anticipate with Kevin Durant back in the lineup, that will change as we're going over the last few weeks of the season here. But what scares you 
about potentially playing the Nets in round one, other than the obvious with KD. Is there anything else that you look at at that squad that, uh-oh, I don't know if, if that's going to be an ideal matchup for the Sixers? Because I saw this on Twitter and I forgot who, who sent it out, but they were like, it's just trending towards the basketball gods are going to give us Nets Sixers in round one. Yeah, uh, you know, Kyrie just, again, like what I talked about earlier, Kyrie becoming Kyrie again, um, becoming that guy who he was, you know, not all that long ago. Uh, if he can kind of become the superstar Kyrie that we've known him to be in the past, that's really, because like you already mentioned, Katie's KD. Like he is going to get his, it doesn't matter who is defending him, Matisse Seibel, Ben Simmons, it doesn't matter. KD is going to get his because he is just great. Um, what scares me is I don't know, I, I guess Tyrese Maxey has to guard Kyrie Irving, which isn't great. Um, Tyrese is an improved defender and he's a willing defender and a very tenacious one. Like he, he really works and he's, he's a real, you know, he plays the game really hard, but he's 21 years old. I worry about that experience at the playoff level, having to play defense against a star like Kyrie Irving. So that's, that's my biggest concern is that, you know, Katie's going to get his cause he's great. Um, is the great Kyrie Irving going to show up? And if he does, he's going to be a handful for the Sixers. Now, of course, you flip that around, and no one on Brooklyn's going to handle Joel Embiid. We, we've seen what Andre Drummond, how that matchup has gone in the past. Not even this iteration of Joel Embiid, how that's gone in the past. Um, and then, yeah, sure, like James Harden, like Ben Simmons has done very well against James Harden, but at the same time, Ben Simmons hasn't played basketball since the playoffs. Since Game 7 against Atlanta, he has not played a basketball game he's only going to be able to play what like at this point 10 to 15 maybe yeah. um going into the playoffs and having to step up and ramp up to playoff level basketball like and i'm not like you know me i'm not an anti-ben simmons guy i'm not one of those guys who's just all like all out against him and like thinks he's bad like he's an all-world defender when he's right like and he's been like the last two years I argued last year, I think he should have been the defensive player of the year. I think he was that good. I think he's that versatile on that end of the floor. But, um, again, just being like, hey, seven-game series, after they possibly have to play a playing game, then you have to go to Philadelphia game one and guard James Harden and like just snap, get right into that intensity um, with that crowd, which is going to be completely bonkers if it's the Nets and the Sixers game one. That is a really difficult for for any player to have to walk into, let alone Ben Simmons and what he's already kind of dealt with so far this season. See, and that, and, that, and I'm with you too because you're looking at we've heard back injuries and the mental health stuff, whatever he's dealing with. Hopefully that gets cleared up. But you're looking at the back stuff, like you said, the guy hasn't played a game in what are we approaching now? You know, nine months, um, ten months, or sorry, eight months, and you're going to be going on nine eventually as we get to April. That's going to be it's going to be hard for him to adjust to that. And the Nets obviously can't count on having him on the court for 35 minutes a game. And that's not because Ben Simmons is unreliable as an NBA player. It's because Ben Simmons isn't going to be in condition to be playing 35 minutes a night, as you mentioned. Against and the other thing like is, just sorry to cut you off, but like the other thing is too, if it's a close game, there's like three minutes left. What are the Sixers going to do? Hack They're going to hack him. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you? I mean, quite frankly, yeah. uh, until he proves to you that he can beat you, why would I go up against Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? Like, why would I do that? Why would I do that to myself? Yeah. I can just foul Ben Simmons in every possession and live with the consequences of that. So that's where Brooklyn's going to get into some dicey territory too. Sure, it's great to have him to guard James Harden, but then if they get a stop, I'm, I'm fouling Ben Simmons immediately. 
Yeah, and putting them on the line at the center all the time where it's uh, the pressure's on and it's a close game. Like, good luck to you, Ben. You know what I mean? You wanted this. That's so, tough. That's tough. Yeah, and that's good. Tough for, and Chaz, like, that's tough for anybody, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. not an easy thing for any player to do, let alone Ben Simmons and his known struggles going into Philadelphia and having to hit big-time free throws in a playoff game. Like, that's a huge ask. Oh, yeah. And I, you know what? If we, we're gonna, I hope we see it at some point in the playoffs. I really hope we do just because as a basketball fan – you want to see that. And I, I want to see all the sideshows that Great come drama. with it. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what, that's exactly what we want to see. Uh, looking at the short-term stuff, Paul, as I mentioned off the top, playing the Bulls tonight, the Sixers 3-0 and against Chicago so far this season, going for a four-game sweep. Uh, could put a little bit of distance between them in terms of getting up about two or a game and a half if, if they're able to beat them here. Obviously, they'll have the tiebreakers and you're looking at that. Uh, but also the rest of the Sixers schedule this week. As I mentioned, Brooklyn coming into town on Thursday. You do get a bit of a break taking on a, let's be honest, a crappy Orlando team on Sunday. And then next week doesn't get any easier. You got Denver, Cleveland, Dallas, Toronto, Miami over that stretch of games. When you're looking at the Sixers, just in terms of the bigger picture stuff, we've seen how good they are offensively. We've seen how much things have flowed since James Harden kind of took over the primary ball handler spot. We've seen how good Tyrese Maxey is as a wing player and as a slasher and, and beating guys who are making them look silly. Really, you're trying to close out him on a three-point line because he's so damn quick. But when you're looking at, at the bigger picture stuff, what else are you looking for from the Sixers for the next couple of weeks that you want to see them improve on and put themselves in a position where they're not only going to be able to hang and, and, and win some games here, but potentially go on a run against an elite competition, which is what they're facing sans Orlando for the next two weeks. My biggest concern is just, is their wing depth? And I tweeted that on Saturday night. Like I, I have really big concerns about that. Um, Doc Rivers, for some reason, decided to start Furkan Korkmaz, and that went predictably horrible, as we all, anyone would have thought. Um, Does Furk have naked pictures of Doc or something I, that we don't know about? Like, what is what, what is going on here that he is able to, to get these minutes it's, regularly? It's, it's just a 56-game slump, Jazz. He'll break out of it eventually. <laughs> like, no, I mean, and listen, I don't want to pile on Furkan Korkmaz because the guy had a good year last year. I thought he earned that contract with how well he shot the basketball last season. He's, he's made strides defensively, but he's still a pretty big liability on that end. And now he's not making shots. Um, so the balance of that is just complete. Like you can't sacrifice that. Like you'd rather just have, if, if they're both going to miss shots anyway, give me Matisse Thibel out there. Cause at least he's going to defend on the other end. Right. Um, I, I guess like defenses still have to, they still respect for, to some extent you can see that like they do guard him on, on the perimeter more so mm-hmm. than they would Thibel. But at the same time, if he's not making the shots, it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, just give me for uh, just give me Matisse Thibel at that point. Um, I'm worried about Danny Green. Uh, I just haven't seen. He just looks just not good. I mean, he look, looks like not 100 percent healthy. Uh, the, you know, the the age might be catching up to him. I don't want to sit like you know, mm-hmm. uh, as my friend Amy Fadul at NBC Sports says, he's might be you know he's old for basketball, not old for life. Um, but 34 years old and a lot of tread on those tires, given the the postseason experience he has. So. I'm certainly worried about Danny Green and where he is because I think I think he can be really important and really big for this team, uh, especially playing alongside James Harden. But I haven't seen the guy that we saw last year. He has not shown up at all this year, whether it's health or whatever. Like he just hasn't looked like Danny Green to me. So that that's a pretty enormous concern. Um, and then you go down the line, like it, it's pretty clear at this point, Doc Rivers is not going to play Isaiah Joe. Like I think we all just need mm-hmm. to like move on from that. Um, even if he claims that he's in the mix, he's not in the mix. Like Isaiah Joe's not going to play for this team. 
Um, do I think he perhaps should get a look? Why not at this point? Um, you got 20 games left or what, you know, 20 some games left. Give the kid a shot. See what he can do. If he's, if he's a disaster, you pull him. Um, I think the Miami game would have been a good time to get him some run and he didn't do it. I mean, I guess they were making a comeback in the third. So doc didn't want to do it. I, I don't know. To me, I, I thought that would have been a good opportunity to get him some run, but that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very concerned about that. The wing depth in general. Uh, I think Shake Milton has actually asserted himself as kind of the lead guy as far as reserve wings at this point. Cause I think now that you have the ball handler stuff taken care of with Harden and with Maxi, you could play Shake off the ball, which I think he is much better at and is much better suited for long term. And I think he can help the team more in that regard. Um, I, I think he has kind of separated himself right now, at least. At, but among that wing group as the main guy. So I, I hope that Doc sticks with that um, because he doesn't always do that. Even when things go well, sometimes he reverts for whatever reason. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the backup center thing is going to be a, a huge thing to watch too. Granted, it's a small role because you have the best center in the world playing, you know, uh, going to play near 40 minutes a night once the playoff starts. But uh, Paul Millsap, who is out for personal reasons, hope he's okay. I, I don't really, un I know that in Brooklyn he had was in and out of the lineup for personal reasons as well. So I uh, hope everything is good with his family and everything. Um, but you know, Deandre Jordan likely to make his Sixers debut. I would think tonight uh, with Millsap out, I would think that would be the plan. Uh, Bassey was sent back down to Delaware. So, I mean, maybe they could recall him before the game starts. I don't know, but my guess is doc is going to go into it with Deandre being the guy and then shifting to Paul Reed. If, if there's foul trouble or whatever. So, I think the starting lineup looks great uh, and I feel great about it. Um, Matisse Thibel's offensive role. I'm like, eh, I'm a little concerned about that, especially when you've seen teams go to zone and kind of make him a little bit more obsolete. He's got to figure out a way to make an impact on that end when teams go to a zone, but I'm much more concerned about what happens when the bench comes in there. And, you know, can you really ask James Harden to just straight anchor a lineup for, whatever um, the, the 10 to 15 minutes that Joel Embiid doesn't play. Can James Harden anchor lineups that really are suboptimal? Cause when they play together, I I'm not sure that anybody could beat them, especially when Tyrese Maxey's out there too. Like that trio is going to be really hard for anybody to stop. It's when that trio is separated that I have really big worries. Yeah. And I'm with you. And I think that's one thing we've, we've talked about since the trade happened, some things that we've noticed, obviously, not just this season throughout his career is, is Doc Rivers going to find the right combinations? Is he going to be willing to adapt? And I think sometimes we obviously have seen him fail to do that, which costs his team dearly. And I'm looking for him to maybe try some different rotation because I'm with you. It's like, I like what Shake brings in terms of a bench guy. You don't want him out there for 25, 30 minutes a game. But if you have him for 12, 14 minutes, great. He can hold his own. He's a good, solid backup in the NBA. I think it doesn't matter where you look. Now we're talking about Ferk. That's a completely different story. And we thought we were joking last time. I think a couple of weeks ago we did this show. We're like, well, let's not expect another good uh, Ferk showing until about mid-March, which is what we're on pace for. And so, again, you want to look at, at, at what he's doing. You mentioned guys like Isaiah Joe. You mentioned guys like Paul Reed. Uh, Paul Reed balling out in terms of in the G League, uh, playing really well for the for the Blue Coats when he's getting some run. Charles Bassey, we've seen do that. So I'm afraid with this DeAndre thing that because DeAndre Jordan, let's be honest, as as good as he was early in his career, he's 33 going on 44, right? And that's what it's looked like right now from him. So if he is struggling and he's not providing the type of minutes that we know the Sixers need when Joel Embiid isn't out there, at least giving them some sort of lob option, maybe altering some shots at the rim. Never been a great rim protector, but at least, you know, making defenses work if they're coming into the paint. If he's not doing that, 
will we see Doc kind of stick with it? Will we say, hey, you know what? I'm this is my guy. I've known him for you know 15 years since he was in uh, you know part of with the Clippers 10 years ago. Sorry, and so that's what I think something we have to be afraid of. You're answering what, your own question. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, but that's what it is. We're just we're we're afraid of of seeing what the outcome can be. Uh, let, let's wrap up on this. So, Paul, when, when you're looking at this again, we only have. Uh, about four and a half weeks left in the season. You heard my Canadian come out there where I said about, but looking at this from, uh, from that perspective, where do you think the Sixers will ultimately end up in the standings? Do you think it'll be number two, number three? That's what you're going with right now over the last 19 games of the year here. Yeah, I'd say no worse than three. If if I had to predict it, I say they wind up two. I, I think, like I said, I think the Heat are, are everything's kind of line up really well for them to be the one seed. And I think they take advantage of it. I don't think they take their foot off the gas. I think Spo's got that team focused. They're really deep. Um, that's the one thing that, like, when I watch the Heat and like the biggest difference between the Sixers and the Heat, the Sixers are very top heavy. Um, I'd argue that Joel Embiid and James Harden are better than any player the Miami Heat have, with all due respect to a guy like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Um, it, they are the best two players on the court when they play together. The issue is the Heat might have the next best, I don't know, three or four guys, and then Tyrese Maxey, and then the Heat might have the next best three or four guys. Like, it's the 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 depth is just, it, it, it's, it's really impressive for Miami. So it's actually going to be kind of a really interesting kind of dichotomy of team building. And, like, if they wind up facing off in the playoffs, like, it's almost like, you know, when you looked at like the, the, the Rams versus the Bengals, right? Like the Rams who just went all in on, you know, trading draft picks and just, you know, went star hunting essentially, whereas the Bengals really built it and the Rams ultimately wind up winning because of a couple of their star guys. But yeah, I, 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 I think no worse than second. Cause I think I could like as, as tough as Milwaukee's schedule is, they are still a very good basketball team. They're pretty unhealthy right now. So I, you know, as they get healthier, I think I expect them to maybe pick it up a little bit. And again, they have Giannis, who is great, who is an MVP candidate, has already won MVPs, who is just a terrific basketball player and has won a championship. And I don't see him kind of going quietly into the postseason. I think they make some noise. Um, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to like again. I, don't, I, I and I don't want to count out the Celtics just running woodshed through the entire East for the rest of the regular season and sneaking up in, into the top three. I don't think that's impossible. So, um, but I do think, I think ultimately at worst top three, but I, I think they finished too. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm looking at them finishing in that, in that number two spot. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I, I just, I have a personal feeling. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's going to be Brooklyn Philly in, in, in round one. And that's just It'll the feeling I'm, I'm, I've gotten. Yeah. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. But tense, tense. Again, it's going to be tense, but you mentioned, you know, it doesn't make a damn difference because you look at the Eastern conference, like you mentioned, you're going to have to beat three very good teams. Unless you finish as that one seed where you're maybe getting a Toronto, a Charlotte and then Atlanta. And again, we'll reiterate, not that those teams are bad. I just don't think they're at the level that the teams above them, not going to be easy outs, but you're looking at that. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're Milwaukee, the defending champs, whether you're Boston, who the Celtics have been out of this world, you know, since December at some point, you're looking at this. It is not going to be easy for any team coming out of the East. You're going to have to be three legitimate squads to get there. So if it's going to be Brooklyn, let it be. We'll enjoy that ride for sure. We'll we'll have a ton of content out of it. So we're gonna we're gonna, we're definitely gonna love seeing Ben Simmons try and come back and and play at the center again. Let's wrap up things right there, Paul. It's going to be an exciting couple of weeks here for the Sixers, as I mentioned, that schedule. Other than that Orlando game, just nothing but a slew of playoff teams coming up. And we're going to get to see, okay, and we, we said this, beating Minnesota, again, a nice team, a play-in squad in the West, getting back-to-back -back wins against the Knicks. Sure, it all looked good, but 
let's see what happens against real competition. We saw them come back against the Cavs from 18 down in that second quarter. So we know how good the Sixers can be, but they're going to need to put it together for a stretch here against some stiff competition to remain in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Paul, I love doing this with you. We're going to be doing this basically every off day that we can during the during the playoffs as well. Uh, we'll try and get things linked up to our YouTube page. But before I wrap things up, don't forget, you can subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. we got new shows coming at you pretty much, well, six days a week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And, of course, Mr. Paul, we have Harrison Grimm, Steve Lipman. I can go down the line. A ton of talented writers got you covered at LibertyBallers.com as well. 